forward to this computer. All right, I think it's recording. Um, so anyway, say informal moment with Pastor Craig and myself. We were talking about um, just the discipleship uh, and what a what a cool moment you have your National Youth Ministry shirt on too. So, but um, yeah. So we were just talking about like the uh, process of discipleship through student ministries and kids ministries, what that looks like. But in this moment, specifically youth ministries, because I feel like the kids ministry department has it better defined at the national level than maybe the youth ministry department does. And so I think multiple youth pastors will benefit from this. So I asked Pastor Craig, we could record it real quick. And so we're just informally talking. You can watch it. You can not watch it. But that's what's (laughs) going on. All right. So maybe it'll help you out. Maybe it won't. My question was, if I have my daughter who's in the first grade, she has a curriculum that she has to go through in order to graduate to the second grade. Mm-hmm. In the youth ministry context, we have kids from sixth to 12th grade. Mm-hmm. My pastor is asking me, what do we want those kids to know when they graduate high school? Yep. So what, what level are they supposed to be at when they graduate high school? And maybe that level not being defined is why we're seeing such a high dropout rate among students, you know, internationally in the church, not just my church. <laughs> so, anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Or is it being defined? And we, we're just kind of behind times on this a little bit. You know, I, I think they, I think there are things out there that kind of help that have in a sense given structure to this. Um, but this is the, this is the, the critical question. I think youth leaders need to be asking themselves is at the end of the day, what, what does my kids need to know and how can I, how can I know that they know it? Um, and I think what we very easily and understandably get caught up in is we start getting caught up on the hot topics of today, peer pressure and, and, and addictions and things that we see that are happening in our culture and society. And, and, and then we get bogged down with trying to um, put fires out all the time. But because we have, I think in the beginning have failed to, to put in a strategic discipleship plan that will help, grow students uh, through a, with a biblical worldview that would help them understand how to, how to look at everything that, that, that comes at them in society from the Bible and, and why we believe what we believe. So apologetics would be into that, but it gives them this biblical worldview. It's taking them through the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus really taught so much of this stuff yeah. to help them understand what we need to believe. And I don't know, we've, we have not been very strategic in, in making sure that we in our local church ministry, outside of Sunday school or small group curriculum possibly. But when it comes to the big church, the, the kids church maybe, and, and the youth service, whether that's a middle school and high school or a mix of the two, I don't know that we've as, as youth pastors specifically in this conversation have done a good job of making sure that we have a strategic model that's going to walk kids through this process so that in the day they, they can do that. I just had a conversation a few weeks ago, well, maybe a couple months ago now with a missionary, U S missionary, um, who's big with engaging students and getting them on the mission field uh, when they graduate high school, like immediately get them, get them registered with an online university or something so they can do school online and then let's get them on the mission field. And as hard as like, listen, you look at, at these other religions that, uh, you know, no calling no names, but as soon as those kids are turning 18, they're given a year of their life to go serve yeah. their fellowship. Why do we not see that in the Christian church today? If we really believe so passionately what we say we believe about this. And so one of the things that he's challenged my thought process is, is what if at the end of the day, if I've done as a youth pastor, my job is to make sure this kid is so in love with Jesus and his word 
and that he now loves people and wants to follow him on mission, that he's willing to say, Hey, you know what? When I turn 18, I'm willing to put, even put going off the college or whatever for a year because I, and, and give a year of my life either yeah. on the mission field or give a year of my life to go serve in a local church somewhere to help that church. Who's trying to make an impact and difference in its community. To me, that's a next level. That's pretty hardcore. That, that kid is sold out. And, um, and so, so anyway, like, so maybe we're not without not naming the other faiths or anything like that, you know, but like they're teaching that that kid values their faith. You know what I'm saying? Time. So they yeah. taught some, not only are they going out and witnessing the people in a lot of times in the same country that they're from, yeah. but they can at a sense defend what they believe, which means that they're being taught something, you know? And so I think that like, you made the comment that maybe, hey, we we have to find it for discipleship and and Sunday school, but I don't know. I don't know that I can find that. You know, like I, that's what I'm looking for. Okay. And the way that my pastor is asking it is, he's looking for doctrinal cycles of yeah. discipleship. You know, so what every year we're teaching these. This is this is the cycle that we're working through every single year. You know, we're going to talk about the Ten Commandments. You know, we're going to talk about you know you know, salvation, what is sanctification, you know, these things. That, and I like what you're saying about the hot topics, you know, like it's, and what, what I think what's challenging, especially in the assemblies is, you know, the average church is, you know, only X number so big. And so a lot of times we have volunteer roles and those, and they're interchanging so quickly that they're just trying to do what they're seeing. They're trying to mimic what they see Yeah, because we haven't necessarily defined that at that cycle. Yeah. You know, we haven't given something to pastors to say, hey, you're, give this to your volunteer. Give this to your, you know, whatever. Yeah, That's what he's trying to figure out, you know. Well, so so let, let's kind of, you know, I know we've kind of backed up and recapped what we were chatting uh, a little bit about. Um, so in the Kidman world, uh, I, I do think, let's just say for the assemblies of God here, yeah. um, you know, I, well, let me say this. It, I think it's funny that we look at that other organization and we call them an occult and that they're brainwashing their Sure. There, there is some of that happening, but sure. we, in a sense, we want to brainwash students, not brainwash, but we want to give them uh, everything they need to make an informed decision of why, why we, we believe they should follow Christ. Well, and um, you made a comment about worldviews, you know, and so yeah. we want to shape, it's not brainwashing, it's we're shaping the worldview. You know, they're looking at, at the world through a specific perspective, through a specific lens, and in that denomination or religion, they have shaped their worldview. It's not, you know... Yeah, you can use the word brainwash all day long, but it's it's the shaping of the worldview, you know. And so that's what we're trying to help. Either yeah. society's going to shape it, or we're going to shape it. You know, culture's going to shape it, or we're going to shape it. You know, and there is a cultural worldview, but let's let our culture define it, and not, you know, yeah. the world's culture. So don't get me started on that. I just finished a paper <laughs> about that. So yeah, that's so good. So, here you go, right here. Look, communicating Christ. Look how big this is. Cross culturally, <laughs> there you go. Hey, and so and listen. Shout out to uh, a missionary that I'm actually flying out next week to go hang out and, and work with in Vienna, Austria. Tony Griskevich. Yeah. Uh, Tony is actually releasing his own book on doing youth ministry in, in cross cultural context. I mean, yeah. Where he's at, his his one his base church has eight national eight different congregations of eight different nationalities and languages. Okay, so, so let's pause. Yeah. He just on a youth ministry page on Facebook asked for discipleship material for teenagers 
that doesn't have an American worldview. And so even I love Pastor Tony, like I reached I I commented some stuff that I thought would be good for him, you know. But is it because it's not I I'm age I'm an AG boy all day long. I'm not suggesting that I'm not, you know. But like I have to go into a staff meeting in a little while with an answer to this question. And I think I broke oh, up. There you are. Yeah, I have to go into the staff meeting in a little while with the answer to this question, you know. Like, hey, this is what we either are going to do or what the AG defines and let's smash it out, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, no no no, sure. So, um let, let me just uh, talk about something the AG has available that that goes from honestly nursery all the way through high school uh, because I think they have begun to kind of map some of this out yeah. and it's through their True Fire curriculum and it's and it's T R U True Fire curriculum all one word dot com to see the the page and where where and this is where I'm at right now just fixing to pull from. So you so, can you can show it if you want to show it on the screen. It's recording all that so. Mm -hmm. All right, so I've minimized my Zoom stuff. Let me figure out where. <laughs> How do I? It should be like right in the bottom center. It says share screen. Yeah, well, I minimize when I, all I see is the little small window. Let me maximize. Maybe right. double click it. There we go. I got it back now. All right, share screen. Let's do this. And Safari, so yes. All right, you see my screen now? I got it. Yes, sir. All right, very cool. So uh, here we are, True Fire. Um, this is um, put out with the Assemblies of God. Uh, it's a subscription-based uh, curriculum that is for, uh, really you can use it in, in, in many different ways, uh, whether it's just your main big services or what have you, or in small groups and teaching and Sunday school kind of classes. Yeah. But uh, features at a glance, spirit-empowered focus, interactive response stations, customizable lessons and built-in family support. Uh, there's some videos you can watch. And so age levels, here's what I wanted to get to. So all the way from down here, starting at three years old, then you have preschool and kindergarten, then first through fifth grade. And so you see where we go from cements a solid foundation that God made them, loves them, and is with them. Love to it. awakens the curiosity of the wonder of who God is yep. in the kids' life at this age group. First through fifth grade is inviting kids into God's redemptive story and allows them to reflect on him and respond to him. And of course we know that it's in this age here that kids start to really figure out right from wrong. And do I love Jesus? And do I want to invite him in my heart and things like that? Yep. Middle school here empowers students to discover their identity in Christ and their own faith. Yeah. Uh, which is We know as, as, as pastors is, is a significant step uh, in their walk, but then you come down here and it seems like it ends there, but it doesn't. Let me find it. There is, um, I think this is exactly what my pastor is looking for. Okay. Yeah. So, well, and even right here, if you go to scope and sequence, it, it explains the age levels. It explains how they broke it down and why they broke it down the way they did. Yeah. Why does it seem like the same kind? But so it gives you ex explanations as to why it's done the way that it is. Special lesson topics, all that kind of thing. Um, uh, middle school. And then true fire identity is where I was going to right here is where, is a high school component. Highlight it. Highlight it. High school. Let me annotate spotlight. Where's my eyes? I hadn't done this stuff in so long. No, you're good. I can at least do this. Yeah. All right. High school curriculum. Now, um, there are no current plans to develop a high school curriculum, but several student ministries have had access, have success in using true fires, middle school 
uh, because it's so customizable. It gives them a format, if you will. Yeah. Say here's here's where we're wanting to take them and to just take it to a deeper level, a connect, um, an encounter, uh, a respond. You know, large group responds, small group, uh, and it kind of breaks it down for you and how to um, how to walk them through that. Yeah. Um, they, I want to say, have been or are in the discussion of building that out. Uh, yeah. uh, better than what this website is saying, just because I've been in on some of the other conversations yeah. um, of, of knowing what's coming out. But, but this is kind of what they're doing. I mean, they're just kind of wanting you to walk through and, and this is taking a kid on a journey from, from nursery all the way through. So what we have to figure out as youth pastors is where are they at in this process? Yeah. Um, that's what we kind of have to figure out is where are they at in this journey and, and what do we want them to know? I mean, cause again, when you look at the number of kids that are, that are struggling with their faith. And when they leave high school and they go to college, man, they're dropping out like flies. Um, that, that tells me that something's not, not being communicated in a way that's making a lasting impact for them to be able to answer the hard questions. I think far too often, uh, and just some uh, some books that I've been reading lately and some stuff that I've been reading, the church uh, has been scared to intersect, you know, faith and science. And so we have kids that know how to answer the tough questions of faith and science, but but are we to, not letting them ask us those questions? Yeah, we're scared of them ourselves. I think a lot of leaders, because if I know if, if I don't know the answer, it's like I'm scared. I, man, I, I hope they don't ask me this because I'm a, like an idiot. And yeah. we've been so scared of looking dumb that we don't want to address these things instead right. of going, you know what? That's a great question. I don't know. But why don't we find out together? Yeah. You know, we haven't done a really good job of that. But I think there's great curriculum out there. There's so much. Uh, there's a lot more uh, apologetics curriculum out there now. Uh, for student ministries and I just don't know a lot of guys that are that are really using it I think Um, the hard thing about a lot of that is it's not necessarily it can be edited we can edit it but it's not necessarily the Holy Spirit guided you know and so because I mentioned there there are other curriculums you know like orange orange has defined nursery to high school you know but it's it's not written from the AG well and that hence true fire yeah, so. <laughs> it's true. That's really where I think the heart of True Fire come from was to be able to put something in the hands of our of our churches that really walks them through a strategic process like this. Yeah, and hand them out. And so identity, it it really is their their high school uh, curriculum. The sure. other thing that I was I was telling you, and this is uh, the book I was talking about. Uh, yeah. Spirit, it's backwards on your screen. The Spirit Empowered uh, Church by Alton Garrison, our uh, Assistant General Superintendent. And he's also got one, the spirit empowered life that just deals with the person individually. Um, and I do believe that he's possibly creating or going to be doing maybe even some workbook stuff to go along with this. Um, the conversation that we just had in Branson is, um, this just now unfolding is if we want to be a spirit empowered church and we have the spirit empowered life, so to speak, you know, how, why, why is this not flowing out in our other ministries? So the spirit empowered student ministries, the spirit empowered kids ministry, the spirit empowered men's ministries and women's ministries and really what does that mean what does it mean to be a spirit empowered man and and kid and student um what is what does that kid need to know and stuff and so really those are conversations we're having currently um and, and well i say we the national office is now having within us but but in in the book chapter 13 he walks hey, stop, through stop sharing your screen real quick since we're recording it because everyone's oh, yeah. being uh... that's right keep me straight here no you're good Stop share. Oh yes. The big red button. So here we go. So in this, in this book, 
you know, you can see these charts and things uh, a little bit here and we can post some links, but, but in this, uh, an age stage process, as he calls it, he goes, our first encounter with Jesus's word and his people isn't our last. It's a process, a spirit empowered process will produce spirit empowered outcomes. Our task force has, has identified 40 spirit empowered outcomes. And he's got them listed out in the appendix back here and organize them around four main categories. So four deals broken down, basically, if you were to say maybe by tens, and it's loving the Lord, loving the word, loving people, and loving God's mission. Yeah, Those are the four key things that they want someone to, to, to walk through. Yeah, He says the goal isn't to live these uh, outcomes only on Sunday, but each day of the week. This can't be done without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't listen to and hear God without being tuned into the Spirit of God. You can memorize Bible verses, but you need the power of the Holy Spirit to combat life's pressures and to be a great commission and great commandment Christian. Yeah. So there's a path to becoming a spirit empowered disciple. First century faith, follow the pattern of belong, believe, become. In other words, Matthew four nineteen, come and follow me. That's the belong. Matthew 16, 16, you are the Christ. So we believe in who he is. Luke 11, 1, Lord teaches to pray. And this is how we, we become. And then he just starts to walk through this chart here. Uh, of what that of what that is, we go from exploring, which is the truths of faith, to embracing those truths in a, a faith in a personal way, so that we can experience those truths of faith in everyday life, yeah. and then learn how to express our truths of faith through others because of my identity that that's now in Christ, because I've become like Him, and so if I've become like Him, then I'm going to be a fisher of men like He was. So I think there's stuff that's that gives us some structure to go by. Yeah. Um, and definitely gives us, you know, we're not out there floundering necessarily by ourselves, but it's just kind of looking through this and processing through this and going, how can we take something either like true fire or this model here and begin to make sure that we're processing through a strategic process. Yeah. Then, and then our conversation started off on how do we measure that? And that's, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know if anybody's watching this can send me something. I actually had reached out to an organization that, um, was trying to, uh, I think, uh, has in other areas create assessment tools um, and shout out to them because they, according to their website, they're in the process of developing student ministry assessment tools. And I don't, I don't know where they are in that, but um, so my internet, I went, think there needs to be something. I mean, um, my internet went crazy for a moment. So say that again, because I think you said shout out to somebody and we didn't get that part. Well, I, I, so I, I won't say their name yet, but there's an organization that I started connecting with a little bit because yeah. they, they create assessment tools for other areas of our spiritual life. And in their website, they talked about uh, having a career or creating assessment tools for student ministries. And I think that's what we're talking about here is basically uh, the assessment test like a kid takes when they go into school. Uh, yeah. that says, Here's what level of aptitude I'm at, you know, and where, where I'm at as a student. Um, and we need to do that spiritually, you know, and, and, uh, I was going to say that, like when I did my undergrad, I had to do an assessment of where I was and then I had to do an exit exam when I finished, you know, but I do think like I'm as progressive as they come sometimes. A lot of people know that, you know, but I'm still founded in scripture. You know, I want to see God's truths for this generation, you know, it's, it's infallible, you know, and it's, it's irreplaceable. And so I think that like we as leaders can't be scared to end that discipleship. You know, I know what my Wednesday night looks like. I define my Wednesday night as a specific thing, you know, and I know that's different for everybody. And so, but in those, those teenagers that want to be discipled, you know, we can argue that we need to disciple all teenagers. I agree. 
but not all teenagers want to be disciples. And so, you know, I think that the, we can't be scared as leaders to say, you know, Hey, at the beginning of, we're going to, we're going to do these four semesters this year, this calendar year to disciple. We're going to open up new, we're going to open it up, you know, each quarter for new students to come in and we're going to give a test at the beginning and we're going to give a test at the end. Yeah. If I'm speaking for myself, I'm flying by my pants a lot of the time. And so I'm not prepared enough to say, hey, here's the test and here's where I want you at at the end. And so if I would do more preparation, I see, I think a lot of us, including myself, want the AG to go, here it is, teach it. And maybe maybe that's not their responsibility. You know, maybe like you're saying, Garrison's defining it in the book, but we're not. Using well, you know, I, that's that's, a, I guess, a philosophical question of what their responsibility is or isn't. You know, yeah. district, our, our responsibility is we've defined that as we're going to encourage, resource and equip the pastors and leaders of our, you know, 160 something churches that make up the West Florida district. So if I'm yeah. going to encourage you and then resource you which is put stuff in your hands that you're needing to do a better job while you do it and then equip you, which is the coaching side of that, I think as well. Yeah. Then this is some of the, I think, I think it is partially our responsibility to help do just that. And I think we basically model that off of what we see the national office saying that they want to do. Yeah. Um, these are some questions and, and things that we've had. I actually just had it at our national leadership conference in Branson with one of our, our national youth staff was saying, Hey, I think we need to be writing stuff. We need to be putting stuff in our hands like the grow curriculum that's spirit empowered. Yeah. You know, why, why, why don't we have that in place that would help a youth pastor, especially a bivocational youth pastor that would help give him a system to walk through and give him all the resources he needs to plan out his deal. So we had the 52.com and those yeah. were series and that's all that six and be rebranded. I, I am excited. Uh, I'll, I'll share on here that um, they have a new platform that they've just released to us. The UIDs that we're testing out now, but it's a new uh, platform that will allow uh, even the, the local youth pastor to kind of be able to have a login and see the series that, that they're putting out. And, um, uh, uh, my phone's lighting up. She, it's series, not Siri, uh, yeah. putting, putting these series out in, in a way that would give you access to, you know, a series worth of material. Uh, so I think we're building the, the tool and the platform or the vehicle, if you will, that allows us to start to put resources like this out there. Uh, I think these are all conversations that are being had and we're going, okay, we've got to do something. How are we going to do it when we come up with this? And so there's several moving pieces that are starting to come together. And I think over the next year, you'll start to see more of this come out. But I, I know like a good book that I read, I read it years ago. I need to reread. I actually pulled it to reread. It's on my desk, but it's a sticky faith. This is the youth workers edition. You know, it's like a Dr. Kara Powell from Fuller Youth Institute. And so, you know, anyway, I think, I think you answered the question, you know, I think you helped me, you're helping me answer the question. Yeah. And I, I think that it's a question that is always working. It's yeah. not like, I don't think anyone's going to comment on this video, a definitive answer. This is what it is, sure. but I'm definitely open to, um, to anything that anybody knows because I mean, we're all about the kingdom, you know, and keeping kids in this thing. And so, yeah, something that I did do to try and help, um, to try and help our, both our youth and children's leaders out. Um, uh, I'm fixing to, uh, to jump back over and share my screen here. Uh, yeah, go for it. Second, and let me show you this real quick. And then, um, then we can get ready to wrap this up. Uh, do you see my screen yet? Not yet. Oh, 
There we go. Sorry. Um, slide this out of the way. All right. Do you see my woo-foo forms here? Yep. So I've got this survey, um, healthy youth. That's ministry. the one that people filled out and they said I was unapproachable. <laughs> it was, it was a form like this. It was not this survey. <laughs> Just saying I'm approachable people. Bless your heart. So, um, thank you. So in this, in this form, um, it is so hard to work. Here we go. Uh, paste and go paste in the survey. All right. So here's a survey that we created and it's based around this right here from worship to evangelism, relationship, discipleship, mission. I got those from Dr. Garrison and stuff that he's put out. And then the last one being systems uh, that we do. And it's just a survey that more than anything, even though the results come back to me, it's to make you think through some things. So like section one in worship uh, during our weekly meeting, there's a time set aside, uh, you know, for worship. Is this always true or whatever? During worship services, students are engaged and they participate. And it's just asking you some things to make you think about your services mm. uh, in a specific way. Um, I don't know if it'll, let me see if it'll let me. Yeah, I didn't fill out none of this. Um, let me go back into where I can edit the form and then that way you'll see. I love that though. Like, I you're not there yet. I'm like already thinking ahead of where you're going, but. I almost yes. wonder if, <clears throat> based on the responses, are there action steps that one can take moving forward? So that's what we have to do. So here's where it goes on. So like the last one, our worship services included time for students to kneel and pray, uh, you know, with God and service, have that connection time. Uh, under evangelism, an adult leader in our youth ministry regularly attends activities uh, on the school campus, the student lunches, athletic band events, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, in other words, there's a connection to the community. Students are regularly engaged to initiate spiritual conversations with unsaved friends. Uh, how are we, you know, training our kids to be campus missionaries, basically. Uh, students are involved in Bible clubs, all this kind of stuff. We we'll go down to relationships. Students show up early uh, and leave way. In other words, is there a connection that they're having to the youth ministry and with friends? Um, I love when I visit your, your, your group, man, there's kids that come early and they're playing games or hanging out outside. And then when it's time to go, it's like, they're still outside hanging out and stuff. And that's, that's the sign of a healthy, you know, that they're excited to be there. Uh, we frequently see first time guests, uh, even outside our weekly services are attended by, uh, a, a majority of students. Now here's where we start to connect a little bit of what's happening on a Wednesday nights to other things that our church is doing. Parents are actively involved. Uh, there are effective systems uh, in place uh, uh, to help transition students between children and youth ministries. And so see, I'm just kind of walking you through this to, you know, there's a clear process for potential volunteers to apply to work in your youth ministry. So we kind of walk through that discipleship and here's where we're hitting on what we are. Look at number four here. There's a clear system in place to track student spiritual growth. Yeah. That's the one that I think most of us can say, never or I, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. that, <laughs> what do you think yeah um look at number six leaders have a visual picture like a chart a diagram something kind of like what i just showed you in that book yeah of how a student can grow in his or her walk through their ministry involvement and i think that's a, a, a missing critical component i'm a visual learner we, we see millennials but especially generation zers that are out there now these kids are just coming into college they're all very visual because we're in such a media driven pa world pause 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 can you make that statement one more time that you just said? Millennials are are out. Generation Zers are starting college. Absolutely. We have this mixed mindset that we're serving the millennial generation. Yep. And we are serving Generation Z, friends. <laughs> like yeah. the millennial, we 
the millennial is the is the largest workforce in our nation right now. Like we're talking about young adults. I'm considered a millennial. I'm 33 years old. Like, so great comment. Great I'm a comment. Gen I'm a Gen Xer, man. I'm right there on the edge. When I when I started going to youth, the name of the youth group was Generation X. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a Gen Xer, but no, we are. We're we're in Generation Z now, yeah. and those kids are just now coming into the colleges. And so, mm. um, and these are the kids that I think are going to change the world. The yeah. most, uh, they're genius. They're the kids that look at a problem. Matter of fact, I just wrote a message on this last week. I'm going to get to preach it again, Swizzy, and I'm excited. Um, and, and it's from the scripture where Moses, when we were God asked Moses, "What's in your hand?" And he walked through the whole thing about the staff and and and. And he, so, so God empowers Moses to see that the gifts that he's got, the things, the tools that he has in his hand are what's needed to fix the deal. And yeah. God will make his presence known through those things. And this is a generation who understands technology greater than any other generation. And it's all they know. I mean, that's why you've got kids that are in preschool that can work iPads better than their grandparents. You know, that's all they know. And so when they look at something like clean drinking water issues or, you know, environmental issues or whatever. They're like, why don't we not fix this by now? All you got to do is dot, dot, dot. And then they've solved it. Uh, and I share in my presentation, I, I talk a little bit about these kids that, that look at, you know, uh, they, they take the old robots and maybe see a need, feel a need anyway, and run with it. And yep. uh, so I'm excited about that, but, but we've got to have, you know, I think visual things in front of them that help them see here's where you are. Here's where we think, you know, by scripture and by what we're seeing, how Jesus modeled, this is what we believe. This is what your journey needs to look like uh, to, to transition. And the only way that we know where you are is that we have a metric system in place that helps us learn where you are when you came in. And then that exit exam, if you will, that says, okay, here's where we think that you are now. And so this is really a discussion that needs to involve more Christian education people. Well, in my uh, context, I feel like I could do that in that Christian education world, in that life yeah. groups you know, Hey, because yeah. things are only the way that they are because we allow them to be like that. So if we can change the culture in our small groups or life groups, whatever you call it to yeah. go, Hey, that first life group, Hey, we're going to take a test to see what you, we're going to write out the 10 commandments, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, you know, and at the end of this, you know, seven week series on small group, or I mean the seven week life groups, you know, you guys are going to be able to take write down the 10 commandments. Yeah. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I do think it's defining. It's it almost feels so simple, yet <laughs> so difficult to do. Well, it, it's it. Well, there are some things that are being done there. I know there are assessments out there because that's that's how we know that we're dealing with the most biblically illiterate generation we've ever seen in history. Sure. So because we know, like you begin, you you ask a lot of kids now, hey, what do you know about David and Goliath or Jonah in the well? It's like that. They're like, what are you even talking about? What movie was that off of? I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're completely literate from it. So we could even, even if we don't have an assessment tool that evaluates where someone is kind of that, that test, if you will, if we were to just create curriculum that says, when you come in, you know, whether it's their life group, small groups, it says, when you come in, we want you to start here in 101 and you're going to go to 201, 301. And you may know some of this stuff, but Hey, it's a refresher course. Look at it that way. Yeah. Uh, we did this when I was on staff at a church in Crawfordville, we wrote our three keywords for the church was celebration, discovery, and hope. So my wife and I, Dana, um, we wrote when we took over discipleship for the church, we wrote small group curriculum. So the celebration class was basically the what's next. You got saved. What's next? What does water baptism mean? What is 
what, why do we, why do we do communion? What is that all about? What, what do you mean giving is like just basic spiritual disciplines that talk about what's next to celebrate your, your newfound faith in Christ uh, yeah. a little bit. Um, the next level the two one, if you will, the, uh, discovery celebration, discover and hope discovery was about what we believe. So in that class, we basically took our 16 fundamentals of faith. We broke them down and we talked about two per week. Uh, it wasn't this like major in-depth discussion, but it was this yep. general understanding of what we believe. And that was that. And then, and then hope is now that I found Christ celebration, I've discovered who my, my identity in Christ and what we believe discover hope. I want to go share my hope. And it was all about the missions aspect uh, of being a, a great commission kind of, of believer now and to go in the world. So even if we created a one-on-one to a one-on-three, one a three-step process that very broad, but still it, it helps a student understand that. I think we need to do a better job of being strategic in that. Yeah, uh, then I cover mission, being on mission, doing speed to light, being a part of missions, being active in your local church, doing serving and that kind of thing. And yeah. then systems, you know, what, what are the systems you're following? And yeah. this is basically, you know, now creating action steps is what kind of my job is. If, if you fill this out and you send it back to me is to kind of read through this with you and say, okay, see where you scored kind of low on certain areas. Now, what, why do you think that is? And, and maybe you scored low on purpose because maybe that's just not part of your church's mission. And that's fine. I mean, that's something local church has to decide on. Um, but then how can, how can the, you know, the two of us work together, find uh, resources to help create action steps to improve in the areas that you feel like you do need to improve in. Yeah. So we're trying, I'm trying, this is an old form that, uh, just in my time here of, of still learning the job, if you will, uh, yeah. I, I saw the need for this. I created it, but then I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with it? Yeah. Uh, and so I really haven't pushed it as hard as I wanted to. When I first, first created it, um, I will say this, I sent it to the national office and they loved it. And they were at some point, we're supposed to look at trying to create an assessment tool out of this as well and, and see how we can make this a tool to be used. Well, I almost wonder if you're comfortable with it, if people want to fill this form out, like just comment on the video, ask for the form, and then I can post the link in there. Yeah, because even right, you know, you have that size of average attendance. You know, there's going to be people that we can that that a lot of us know that we can almost say, well, hey, you know, I'm looking for the next level of action steps, but that yeah. doesn't mean that I can't help the, my friend that you know is where I was at. You know, I hit my 10 year on February 8th of this year. You know, so it doesn't mean that wow. not where I was at you know, eight years ago or four years ago. And not that I have the answers, but we're in this thing together. You know, that's what I love about yeah. our district and, and our section, my section, um, you know, and, and our relationship, you know, as DYD and, and me mm -hmm. and, uh, and also as just as friends, you know, and that's what I love that it's, it's the kingdom. And so we're here to serve well, each other. And so it, it, it may be cliche, but it's a cliche that the assemblies of God is using very heavily and it's that we're better together. Yeah. Um, and that's just simply where we are. We are better together. I, I certainly don't know everything. You don't know everything, but together we know a lot and, yeah. uh, start getting some good minds together. And the Bible says, uh, there's wisdom in the council of multitude. And, uh, that's why we need each other. I just wish that Jesus would walk in my office one day and I could say, look, you changed the world with, with 12 guys. You know, one of them did his own thing, but Hey, you did it in three <laughs> years. Tell me what you did, you know, yeah. but Hey, we have scripture, but I'm not Jesus. <laughs> well, we do. But again, you look at the models that he said. Sure, he had the 12 men, but then there were the three yeah. uh, you know, that he pulled out. And uh, 
Well, then uh, you have I'm the other nine that are upset because they're not I'm one of the three. We were the other nine going like, no. what the heck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we're all, we've all been there, you know? So. Well, there are times we all feel like the other nine. Then there's times we feel like we're part of the inner, the inner circle, if you will. And that's exciting and, uh, and, and fun to be a part of. But Well, I'm going to so, stop this recording. Anything you want to say? No, Haley, I think you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. I think you're asking the right question. I think your pastor is asking the right questions. And I think it's something we all need to really get strategic. I mean, we, we in, in our theology, we believe, um, you know, our time is drawing near. But there is a very ripe harvest out there. And, man, we just have to do a better job of being strategic about teaching what we need to teach. I think our – in the Assemblies of God, let me just say, I think we need to do a better job of – uh, of, of having a, a better understanding of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, who he is, the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because without the Holy Spirit, we can't do. I mean, I read Dr. Garrison's quote there. I mean, we just can't, we can't fully do what the Bible's asking us to do without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so, and I think we have youth pastors out there that are scared to preach and teach on it. What if my kid doesn't get filled? What if this? And I think there's a lot of leaders in their insecurities and their own fear that doesn't teach some of the stuff because it's like, what if I can't answer the question? What if this doesn't happen? We don't pray for healing in our services. What if they don't get healed? Mm. And they take they take it on them. And it's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to be biblical and and to teach the the full gospel and then get and give room for the Holy Spirit to do what he does best. Yeah. And that's on him if someone gets healed or doesn't get healed or someone gets filled or doesn't get filled or whatever. And um and then and then it's our job to to do due diligence in our studies to help a kid understand the hard questions, help them understand the intersection of faith and science, help them understand um the questions that they're going to be asked when they go off to college somewhere that's going to rattle them. Um, and, uh, and there's, there's great resources out there that we need to point them to. And, uh, but I think we as leaders have to take the lead in that. They need to see us learning. They need to see us reading. They need to see us getting better. They need to see us wrestle with some challenging questions Yeah, and, and let them know that it's okay to wrestle with some of these things. So that's all I got to say about that, man. I think it's uh, I think you guys are on the right path. And, uh, and I think together maybe we can help create some things, that'll help other churches and other leaders uh, begin to think through this process a little bit as well. And uh, all of us can be better, better leaders for this uh, and be more strategic in, in our discipleship process, uh, especially in the middle school and high schoolers to connect with these kids because buddy, the, the statistics are not pretty right now. Yeah. We got to do a better job. Well, and I don't know if we said anything that would uh, welcome, um, debate, but that's not what this was for, you know, it's, and so, um, but you know, we do welcome oh, my computer's freezing up. Let's see here. Wait, there he goes. Oh, Pastor there. Moving. All right, there we go. There so go. no, but we do welcome, um, comments on how we can be better. Um, not, not we, as in, I'm not speaking for Pastor Craig or the district or anything. I'm speaking <laughs> as we, as youth pastors can be better. And so maybe you're doing something, um, in your youth ministry that, that none of us know about, you know, and you have a, you have a system that you're teaching every year or kids are walking out of your youth ministry with, or maybe you're seeing a high percentage of students in college, not walk away from their faith that have grown up in your ministry. And so, yeah. um, unfortunately being somewhere for 10 years, you have, you not only get to see your kids grow up, you not only get to start over when all your kids leave and yeah. but you get to see some of those kids choose to walk away and, and that's uh, difficult, you know? And so, uh, but we have others that succeed, but unfortunately the people walking away are, are higher than the sex, you know, succeeders. So anyway, well, welcome comments. I don't know how long we went, but uh, I appreciate you taking a few minutes, maybe 30 minutes. Yeah, well, I think these are great discussions to have, and, and I think we need to be having them uh, out front and in public. And I mean, 
a lot of these are questions people are asking behind closed doors and sometimes they're just scared to go ask. And uh, I think this is stuff that we need to be, you know, discussions we need to have, uh, have out in the open so that we can all learn from each other. And uh, man, maybe somebody will chime in. Hey, here's, here's something the AG's got that we've just totally overlooked. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, we didn't even get into the Bible quiz guys. You look at their statistics and uh, boy, they're, it's incredible when you have kids that go from junior Bible quiz to teen Bible quiz, which we don't offer right now. We're working on it. Uh, those kids and that, you know, down the road, they're not walking away from the faith. A large yeah. majority of them. We're, we're retaining 80 to 90% of those kids. So that's yeah. significant numbers to look at. Well, I uh, don't want to speak for anybody, but I love Bible quiz. So, hey, <laughs> hey, register your kids for youth camp, right? Youth camp's coming up. Yeah. So a little, little quick commercial, youth camp's coming up. We took deposits last week. I mean, it's February, so get your money in. Oh, it's March. Never mind. <laughs> but awesome. so, yeah. so, hey, it's coming. First come, first serve. Love you guys. Bye.